0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus, winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Tonight, turn to the book of Genesis. We are still yet in our Joseph series contemplating last night what direction to go with joseph and his story this week i think it was last night and uh my daughter said well dad you did you did joseph's wardrobe last last uh wednesday She uh um, what was it somebody should do joseph's shoes or something you know or some <laughs> something else Well, I just don't know if we have enough information to really glean what we need to glean from Joseph's shoes. So, uh, we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Remember this coming Sunday, it's Mother's Day. Sister Mason will be speaking to you all on that Sunday morning. Uh, And there will be no church that night, just a reminder. But Mother's Day, Sunday morning, and Sister Mason will be here uh, speaking to you all. So, you don't want to miss that. Genesis 37, I'm also going to be reading from Genesis 41 here tonight the bible says in genesis 37 and verse number five take my phone and just plant it over here so the wind doesn't take my bible genesis 37 verse 5 and joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brethren and they hated him yet the more and he said unto them here i pray you this dream which i have dreamed for behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. Behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance unto my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? They hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, behold, I have dreamed to dream more and behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance unto me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. His father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. Genesis 41, chapter 41 and verse number 9. The Bible says, Then spake the chief butler, to pharaoh saying i do remember my faults this day pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house both me and the chief baker and we dreamed a dream and one night i and he we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream and there was there with us a young man an hebrew servant to the captain of the guard and we told him and he interpreted to us our dreams to each man according to his dream he did interpret came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was me. He restored into mine office in him. He hanged tonight. I want then to talk this evening concerning the story in the life of Joseph. Simply this Joseph dreamer and interpreter. I should have put it on there. I should have said Joseph dreamer and interpreter extraordinaire. That would have been awesome. But uh, Joseph Dreamer and Interpreter, amen, this evening. Let's ask the Lord if he could help us one more time and center our minds toward his word. Father, I love you, O Lord Jesus, today. God, I'm grateful, Lord, for another opportunity. God, to teach, another opportunity to share from your word. Pray, God, there would be something here that we would be able to glean from. God, that we'd be able to apply to our own lives. I pray Jesus will not fail to thank you. God, not fail, Lord, to appreciate you, God, where we can make the application for ourselves. In the lovely name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Joseph Dreamer and the Interpreter. Amen. Is there anybody here that's just one of those peculiar people that you almost remember everything that you dream each night? Do we have anybody here that's real good at remembering their dreams in the morning? No, my wife's not here. Or Sister Jessup does. My wife's not here, or she would raise her hand. There's some over here. Uh, has you, have you ever dreamed anything that 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 came true? Is there anything that you ever dreamt? Yeah, several have dreamed things that have come true. Uh, from my understanding, they say that we all dream. They say that we all dream, but we not might not be able to remember our dreams and so I fall in that classification I am one of those that hardly ever remember anything that I dreamt so much so that I'm not even convinced that I do it but they tell me that I do uh, but I, I guess I'll just have to I'll just have to have confidence in their studies that that happens in my life I so are that spectrum and the opposite of spectrum is my wife who often relays her dreams to me with vivid detail just as, as vivid and detailed as she is an individual telling you a story, she can tell her dreams uh, to me after she has awakened the same. Now, some of these dreams that she has recounted to me have been quite bizarre and laughable. Most of them have been laughable. But there have others that have been proven to be pretty significant, especially whenever she has contacted people whom the dream may have involved or been about. God actually does use her in that aspect of her life with dreams and people. Amen. That's been proven time and time again. To say, though, that every dream that we have is significant would be an overstatement. I believe some dreams that I have remembered has been due to pizza I've ate late at night. Or maybe it was too many waffles and syrup late at night and the glass of milk that I had. But to say that none of them matter, though, would be an understatement as well. To say that none of them matter. Both in through the prophet Joe and in the book of Acts later, it was echoed. That scripture declared that there would be a time when old men would dream dreams and young men would see visions. Dreams throughout the word of the Lord was one of the many ways that God would oftentimes choose to speak to people, uh, to convey information to them whether that information was about themselves or about others. And I think it's important to realize, and even in our study, uh, we see it bear true, that it was a way that God chose to speak to people. It didn't matter if they were, quote, unquote, his people or not his people. It was a way that God chose to speak to people, to convey information to them. And uh, we see that a lot, particularly, you know, in the Old Testament. The only thing that I really have leaned on concerning that is that we, they, they didn't have no written form of the word of the Lord then. Uh, he, he speaks to us a lot through his word now. I'm not saying that dreams are just uh, obsolete now for the church or so on and so forth. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying the frequency of them may have been so much so then because this 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 medium by which he speaks to us now was was not in in written format or written form. And so God many times would though convey information about people uh, through dreams. It was through a dream that in the Old Testament that God spoke to a man by the name of Abimelech, uh, he spoke to him concerning Abraham's wife Sarah. Uh, if you'll remember that, whenever they came to this particular area, that Abraham told him, fearful what they might do, he said that Sarah was his sister, which was, ha ha, a half truth because it was his his half half sister, but nevertheless, uh, it was his wife as well. But it was in a dream that God told Abimelech that Sarah wasn't only Abraham's sister, but also his wife and that he told him that he spared him any dismay that would come upon his life because he didn't allow uh, abimelech to touch sarah it was through a dream that god warned laban in a dream that whenever he met up with jacob that he was to speak neither good nor bad uh, to jacob for leaving laban's country and leaving laban as a helper and, and a person that was over his livestock and many times over his fields. It was Solomon in the scripture that dreamed, and this really only struck me today. This is the first time I ever really identified this or seen this, that Solomon dreamed that he asked for the ability to understand from God. I Any other time, and this is just a little moment for me, okay? Nobody else. Never, ever had I ever read Brother Zach that, I always thought that there was something that took place in literal life, him asking God uh, for wisdom. But it was something that he dreamed that he did, yet its unfolding actually then took place in his life of him then being the one with wisdom rather than asking for riches and all that, and God gave it to him. So thank you for uh, you know, sharing in my moment tonight. I, I like to share every once in a while, and I'm glad we could do this. That was amazing to me whenever it came to me today that it was in a dream that he asked for that. But again, it was played out in his life. What he had actually asked for in a dream happened and was given to him in his actual life. God, he made it his purpose. Uh, he made his purpose, rather I should say, in his will known many times in the New Testament uh, by dreams. Uh, within that family that Jesus Christ was born into and was a part of, we see Joseph Jesus' stepdad, if you could say, his earthly father, uh, on several occasions, God spoke to that Joseph through dreams. It was through a dream that God spoke to that Joseph and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because uh, she was with child. He was thinking about, you know, putting her away and in the, the angel in the dream told Joseph not to put her away because she was carrying uh, a child that was of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Joseph dreamed another time, and in the dream he was warned to go to Egypt because Herod was seeking to take the life of that freshly born child, Jesus. It was in a dream that that occurred. It was in a dream later that Joseph learned in a dream that he was told he could return to that land after Herod had died. That was in a dream that all of that took place and happened. So God uses dreams for his purpose, uses dreams for his will. And we find that dreams even not just in the New Testament, in the Old Testament for our study tonight are very important to the story of Joseph as well. Joseph had two dreams, two dreams himself. Later in his story, he interprets two dreams, one from a butler, one from a baker, all right, while he's in prison. And then a little bit later, he interprets Two dreams that happened to come from the same individual upon his release from prison. The dreams that Pharaoh had uh, concerning his nation of Egypt and his kingdom. Now, I just got a few little bullet points here tonight that I hope we can kind of lasso and hang our hats on. Number one is this, and it's almost a principle. In reality, it is. It's almost a principle that is threaded and woven throughout the Scripture. Not just Joseph's story, but throughout the Bible in its entirety concerning dreams and interpretations. And that is this. Normally, one person dreams and another person interprets. It's almost a principle you can hang your hat on that you can last so. In many places throughout the Scripture, people did not interpret their own dreams dreams. They did not interpret their own dreams. They did not give or provide or bring about the meaning of their own dreams. I've touched on this before, but in Judges 7 and verse 12 through 14, the Bible states this. This is just one case in point. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay long in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude and their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. This is the story of Gideon. And when Gideon was come, he's coming into the enemy's camp. Behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. He's eavesdropping here. He heard a man that told a dream to his fellow and said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came into a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay Alone in verse 14 says and his fellow answered and said so we have we have a fellow talking to a fellow <laughs> Sorry, we don't have no names, but a fellow is talking to a fellow This is just tickles me tonight And he is telling him a dream and then the other one is responding and he says this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon the son of joash the man of israel for into his hand hath god delivered midian and all the host So we have a man that had a dream And then we had a man that gave the interpretation of the dream so one fellow dreamt and the other one interpreted we see this also in the life of daniel now daniel he has visions all right but there's also people like nebuchadnezzar amen that's having some dreams along the course of the 12 chapters or so of daniel daniel was used as an interpreter of dreams he was known for this he was known throughout the kingdom to be an interpreter of dreams. He, he, God used him so so uh, peculiarly that not only could he interpret dreams, but in the case of Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream one time and couldn't even remember what he dreamt. I've been there a lot of times, I guess, you know. I couldn't even remember what he dreamt. And, and Daniel could tell him what he dreamed and then told him the interpretation. Now, let me tell you, that's one cool cat right there. He can tell you what you forgot and then tell you what it meant. I'm telling you right now. And so 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 he's he's very good about this and he's able to refresh the, the, the memory of a dream and give meaning to the dream. Whenever we come though to Joseph's story, for instance, this idea of one person dreaming and the other one interpreting, the Bible says in Genesis forty verses seven and eight, and he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying Wherefore look ye so sadly today? This is Joseph that is addressing the butler and the baker that's in the prison with him. Why why do you look so sadly today? And they said to him, we have dreamed a dream. And there is no interpreter of it. And I, I get it. It's somewhat frustrating to dream something and not just really know where it fits in the scheme of things. And the fact is, some of our dreams don't fit in anywhere. But. They felt like no doubt there was some importance or gravity to what they had dreamt. And so their their countenance is sad, perhaps a little troubling, a little frustrating over what they have dreamt because they didn't have an interpreter, but they had a dream. They had a dream, but they didn't have an interpreter. And so there wasn't anybody to give or provide for them any meaning to what they had dreamt. And so Pharaoh, Pharaoh then, even a little later in Scripture, Pharaoh dreams, but then the Bible says that Joseph is the one that, interprets the butler and the baker have dreamed but joseph is the one that interprets but we go further back joseph dreams but who interprets not joseph matter of fact i I don't hardly ever see it i I can't lay my thumb or, or finger on a spot where someone interpreted their own dream and so with that being said tonight I think it's important to encourage ourselves in the word of the Lord this evening by the scripture that anyone here, whenever I'm speaking of dreams tonight, I'll be going back and forth. You'll just have to follow the way in which I use it. If I'm talking about a literal dream or it's something we need to use on more of a spiritual level here, all right? But anyone that may have ever dreamed a dream, whether it be literally or figuratively, and, you know, you have dreams, and let me say it like this, you might have dreams and aspirations even, Yet you don't quite understand what it's all about. What I'm saying is God may be giving you dreams and aspirations about certain directions, certain things, but you don't understand the totality about really what all is being implanted in your heart or being implanted in your mind. Here are my words of wisdom from the scripture tonight for you. You listening? This is another one of those little bullets Don't disregard or discard what you don't understand. Don't discard what you don't understand. Because just because you don't understand what something means does not signify it doesn't exist or will not happen. Hmm? Amen? Because if you consider... Walk with me here just a little bit. If you consider again... The Joseph of the New Testament, the, the, the earthly father of Jesus Christ. Let's give a consideration for a moment. Matthew 1, verses 20 and 21. Look at it here, where he dreamt. The Bible says, but while he thought on these things, this is Joseph. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That was in his dream. The Bible says in verse 24 of that same chapter, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, bid as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now think with me for a moment. He had a dream. The angel says, don't fear about taking Mary. Take her as your wife because that thing that's conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's a lot about those statements right there or a portion of it that I'm sure Joseph did not understand. I can understand an angel telling me, take that woman to be your wife. Now, I'm having a hard time processing. Huh? I'm having a hard time processing. Now, let's get real here now. You don't have all the Holy Script, and you don't have all this knowledge. You're in the moment of time. And he's saying, you go on, take that woman to be your wife. Because that thing that's conceived in her, that happened by the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you, friends, I'm no Barney Fife, but I think I'm going to be scratching my head here on this one. Huh? There are just some things about that I do not understand. Right? And so... Although he did not understand it, that didn't mean though he wrote it off. Just because he didn't understand it did not mean he discarded it altogether. No, I think this is very important. Another little bullet there that you need to put in your life here. You know what Joseph did do? He didn't disregard anything he did not understand, but here's important what he did do. He followed through on what he did understand. Because whenever he awoke from his sleep, the Bible says, what does he do? He takes Mary to be his wife. And also in the dream it said, you shall call that child Jesus. And the Bible says whenever that child was born, in verse 25, he called that child's name Jesus. And you know what he did with the rest? He just trusted that eventually he'd understand what that was all about. But he was going to follow through with what he didn't know about and understand. Whenever I view that through the aspect of the mason of dreams and aspirations that God places in our heart, there's a lot of things that come in here that God may laden us with and burden us with that we may not understand. But here's where we're called to order, and that is to follow through on the parts we do understand. And trust that. Enlightenment will happen as we continue in this journey because I understand, Brother Trout, you know how I make it from here to Tennessee in the dark? I go as far as my headlights will allow me, but when I've already traveled that far, it's given me that same distance to go yet again. I don't see the whole path from there to there in the dark, but I just see enough to make what I need so far on the journey and as I get there, further enlightenment helps me continue in my journey. And so we are, though, we are expected, I believe God expects of us to follow through on what we do understand rather than just, you know, just sitting here. I don't really. There's parts of this, God, I just really don't understand. Well, are there parts you do understand? Yeah. But there's parts of this I really don't understand. Well, the understanding comes sometimes by following through on what you do know. Man. And so... You know, with that being said, there isn't anything odd then about the Old Testament Joseph not being able to interpret his own dreams, being able to interpret the dreams of others, but not being able to interpret his own dreams. And I believe one reason that is, and you, you can agree or disagree with me tonight, and that is sometimes, and for me it's usually most of the time, it's easier to see what God is doing in someone else's life than it is to see what God is doing in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like I, looking into somebody else's life, it's like I have the panoramic view. I have the panoramic view of their life, and I see, I see the hills and the valleys, and I, I see their past, and I see where they're at, and I see how this thing can unfold, and I have this panorama, you know, before me. But whenever I try to be my own life, here's Paul right here in my own life. You know what I'm saying? And like, I just, you know, it's like a spot. That's what I see. And I have a hard time take, taking in the panorama. And so I don't think it's odd that we can, we can be interpreters of other people's dreams but have difficulty interpreting our own dreams. And as I've already stated, Joseph's dreams, Joseph's dreams, uh, he did not interpret, but who interprets them? Not him. And we understand that it's evident that Joseph's dreams concerned him, we get this from Genesis, it concerned him, it concerned he and his family. And Joseph, what does he do? He simply shares his dreams. He never even attempts. We don't see that where he ever even attempts uh, to interpret them. Even as the brothers are speaking and as his fathers are speaking, he's not saying, yeah, you're probably right. Or, no, you not No, we never see that he's even attempting to interpret his dreams. But his dad and his brothers, they begin to interpret the brothers, they do it in question form. You know, he tells them about his sheaf arising and their sheafs are rising and bowing down to his. And then the, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowing, you know, to him and all this. And the brothers, their thing, the, here comes the interpretation. Will you reign and have dominion over us? Right? Dad, whenever he hears the second dream, he's like, will the family bow? But what are they? They're interpreting. They're interpreting the dream. Amen. Now what's interesting about the brothers and the dad is that they are not making these statements emphatically. They're not saying you will reign and have dominion, but it's in question form. Dad's not saying you, you will bow before me, but it's in question form. <laughs> but ironically, their interpretations are spot on. In reality, their interpretations are spot on. But here's the thing. They're spot on, but they are without Context, meaning they see themselves bowing before Joseph, but they don't know the whole environment, surroundings, anything that precipitated all of this. And so this brings me to another bullet point for you tonight. When dreams and interpretations are without context, they will lead to criticism. They will lead to criticism because just like the dreamer, shouldn't discard stuff he doesn't understand, all right? Neither should the interpreter criticize the interpretation without knowing the setting in which the interpretation has taken place. Because we have Joseph's chief rising and the others upright and bowing, and the Bible says, "Will you have reign and dominion over us, the brothers say. What does the Bible say concerning those brothers? They hated Joseph. The more, because of his dreams, and more than likely their interpretation of that dream and his words, the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing in, uh, in obeisance unto uh, Joseph. Again, there's some things going on because on the second dream, not only did Joseph tell his brothers his dream, but he also told his father his dream. And the Bible says it was at this point after hearing this, that Joseph's dad rebuked Joseph. Now, that's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy. I'm sure the other boys really enjoyed this moment, though. <laughs> you know, the, the sweet child that dad loved, and now he's getting rebuked. Yeah. You know, they probably really loved and savored this moment. Uh, but, but not only that, but daddy's even responding, concerning interpretation-wise, very similarly then, to the way the other brothers, dominion, reigning, bowing, you know, down to Joseph. Questionable interpretations, you know, in a question format. And the Bible says after the second dream that the brothers envied, they envied Joseph. But concerning dad, the Bible says that his father observed the sayings or they observed the dream. Now, why, why do you suppose that the brothers envied Joseph? Because in their interpretation. They seen themselves bowing down to Joseph. They didn't know context, no setting, surroundings. They envied him because they wished they were Joseph and that they were the ones that were being bowed down to by Joseph. Right? Huh? (laughs) Now, daddy's not envying daddy. He rebuked from the go, you know, kind of the hip reaction. But then he's like, we need to observe this dream, these sayings. You know what dad kind of got in his spirit? Let's just see what happens. Let's just see what's played out. And both were very critical to begin with. Both were criticizing to begin with because they didn't understand why they would be bowing to their brother or slash to their son. That's what got them. They didn't understand why they would be bowing to their brother or to their son. But had they known the context, someone listen to me tonight. Had they known the context, they would have had no problem with the interpretation. Hmm? Had they known the context, if they had realized that Joseph would get to that place of them bowing to him, Because he would have been sold and he would have been bought and he would have been lied on and he would have been seduced and he would have been imprisoned and he would have been forgotten. If they knew the whole context of the story, I doubt they would envy him as much as they did with just the interpretation. Oh, I'd I'd really like to be Joseph and him bowing down to us. Yeah, if you knew the path that Joseph would walk in order to get to that moment, would oh someone say hallelujah and so it's important with the interpretation that you have context because if you don't you can find yourself being critical Folks, I've seen it time and time again across churches, across organizations. Amen. Something happening for a certain pastor or a certain church and they see where they are or what they're doing and what's going on and they're like, well, I bless God, I wish I was them. Well, they're probably letting down on this or that. But you don't know their story. You don't know the journey. You don't know the imprisonment. You don't know everything that they went to to get to that moment. If you had context, Amen, someone say amen. Probably even dad wouldn't have rebuked if he had context. Because in in reality, context would brought clarity to what was happening in that situation that they just had a glimpse of. It's important. And I say this tonight, and it was brought back to my attention today. I was, I was going through this, and there was a situation here recently that I conferred with a few people on, and I made this statement. I believe this bears true for life, and it does church life, any type of life. And this is the statement I desired to make. And that is this, is that as people sometimes we make statements with limited knowledge as though we have all knowledge. We, we, we have a scenario in time that we see. But we don't see what led up to it or what might be coming. But the person in it sees and knows. See, that's how people prejudge pastors sometimes for decisions I make. Because they think they have all knowledge because of what they observe, but they don't. I'm the one that has all knowledge. And that's the reason why I make the decision I make. And people's done the same for some of y'all's lives what you do with your business, Brother Fred, or so on and so forth, why you did something or why you didn't do something. Everybody outside, well, bless God day. If I was them, I wouldn't do that. Well, you know what? You don't know everything there is to know about that. Amen. So you got to be cautious about it. And I believe that applies to Joseph's story here as well. The people that, and this is, man, I wrestled with this today. The people that knew Joseph the most The most intimately, saw Joseph as a dreamer. While as the story unfolds, Brother Zach, those who knew him only on a surface level saw him as an interpreter. And so I wrestled with this thought today, Brother Fred. Why was it? that those that knew him the best see him saw him as a dreamer and those that knew him the least saw him as an interpreter. I, was, I just, you know, going along studying, I'm mulling it over my mind. You, I do things like that. Sometimes you just got to stop and think. It's really good advice for anywhere in life, you know, just to stop and think. But I, the alarm went off on my phone. I need to go pick up my kids. You know, my wife's sick at home. And I go there and I take my Bible with me and the things that I've been written down, on, writing down on paper. I'm sitting there in the car. People are passing by. And what is he doing? Staring into the, the distance, just thinking. They probably thought I was stoned. I'm just sitting there, sweating in a hot car, thinking. And as I was meditating, mulling over on that, I'm thinking, why is that? Because I'm originally thinking that it has something to do with the level of relationship they have with Joseph that made him either a dreamer or interpreter. But then the spirit of the Lord, I believe it was the spirit of the Lord, caused a little unction in my spirit, Bishop, as that, you know how that happens sometimes. And because and, and, I even thought in, in Genesis 37 and 19, where the brothers are saying to one another, as Joseph is coming, they're saying, behold, this dreamer cometh. And they, they just, you know, again, they're, they're just seeing him as the dreamer. And I can almost hear them, the guy saying that almost disdainfully. Here, here comes the dreamer. But why call him the dreamer and not the interpreter like others would later? Because even in the two two blocks of scripture I shared with you tonight, one of them is the dreamer, and the other one, the butler saying there isn't an interpreter. Pharaoh. And so we got this, this two things. Why is this so? And I feel like the spirit kind of just landed this in my show. This is another little bullet point for us this evening. Listen to me. You can only be known as an interpreter if there are others around you dreaming. You can only be known as an interpreter if there's others around you dreaming. In other words, what I'm saying is this, Jacob And the boys, the father and the boys only knew Joseph as the dreamer instead of the interpreter because no one else was dreaming except Joseph. Yeah. Amen. Someone say amen. When you're the only dreamer, you'll be misunderstood. Yeah. When you're the only one with aspirations, others will scratch their head over what you got going on in your head. Amen. Because the Bible says, what are they doing? They're conspiring together to what, this guy? Huh? Kill him. They're conspiring together to kill him. So not only do they not understand him, they don't even understand the totality of his dream because they don't have context. So they don't understand him and they don't fully understand his dream either. But a word to the wise, never kill the dreamer. Particularly in whose story you participate. Because you never know the influence it may have on your own life. (laughs) See, in the dream, what they interpreted, Brother Zach, they saw, they saw as themselves being subjected to Joseph. Servants to Joseph. Bowing to Joseph and it was that but it was that plus a whole lot more see what they seen in their interpretation without context they seen themselves being under the power of their brother being under the thumb of their brother being subjected to their brother but there's something that comes along with that along with that subjection along with that submission, along with being under the power of someone, means also that they're accountable for you and to you, and the same moment they can say, hey, come on, let's straighten up, they can also bring supply to you. Is someone hearing me right now? In other words, what they purely saw as subjection, really for them in this story, Joseph was going to be their supply line. someone hearing me? How could he do that? Because his place of power that he was in, that they saw, he was accountable for them. Now, interesting though, from this point forward, from this point forward, after everything that went on with the brothers, Joseph now interprets other people's dreams. The butler, the baker, Pharaoh interprets other people's dreams And he never makes mention. You read the story of Joseph. He never makes mention of his own dreams. Though the brothers, they didn't kill the dreamer. But I am convinced that there is something that died in the dreamer. That day. The Bible says this concerning dreams, Job 20 and verse number eight. He, it's a comparison that's being made. He shall fly away as, there's the comparison, a dream, and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. So there's a little comparison, comparison. He shall fly away as a dream, and he shall not be found. The Living Bible says it like this. He will fade like a dream. Telling me, as we all know, that dreams have a tendency to wane and fade if you don't say anything about it the moment you wake up and you wait till after you ate breakfast you probably are not going to remember it most of us me i will not remember i won't remember it from my walk to the bedroom to the kitchen you will probably not remember it because dreams wane dreams fade Insomuch so much the bible says that they shall not be found so if they are not shared if they are not told if they are not retoed many times they fade and they're forgotten just the same as anything you have some story from long ago if you don't tell that and retell that my family has a wonderful story they love to tell on me whenever we lived over here in this number three room and the earthquake happened back several years ago whenever we dedicated this church brother carpenter came and dedicated leading up to that weekend there was that and we had a swag above our bed over there and I'm blind as a bat without my glasses on and things we were shaking that swag fell and we were having problems at that time with squirrels over here in the ceiling and stuff getting up there and we didn't have softening and and fascia and all of that at that time was just wood and wire honey whenever that hit my face i'm blind i was convinced i was like the squirrels the squirrels and i felt like i was being attacked by the squirrels now i'm telling you right now you could ask any of my children and they could tell you that story because they have told and retold that story to almost anybody that will listen that we've met. If someone would stop telling it, it would fade away and die, but it's already been told too much. So the more you talk about it, the more you retell it, the more that you live it, the more it will be embedded in your mind. It will be remembered. It will become a part of who you are. Amen. But if not, they'll fade away. They'll be forgotten. And so Joseph is later in his life. Listen to me. I think this is important. Later in his life is known as an interpreter, Bishop, because I believe he had stopped dreaming himself. Or at least stopped recounting because we never see him mention it. Recounting his dreams and giving voice to the dreams that he had. But whenever, look what happens. Whenever the butler and the baker, what happens? They come and say, you know what? We have dreamt. Why didn't Joseph in that moment remember his dreams? Huh? They said, we dreamed. You know, it would almost seem like a common thing. Someone said, well, I dreamed. Well, you know what? I had a dream the other night, too. Or there's been a few years ago. I dreamed, you know. Joseph doesn't lead with that at all. They said they dreamed. He didn't pause to tell them, you know, I had a couple of dreams one time. No, he doesn't do any of that. Could it be? And this is this is stuff where we just, you know, think. Sometimes you just think. Perhaps Joseph feels perhaps Joseph feels like his dreams got him into the mess that he's in. Hmm? To begin with. Perhaps the opinions of his family is weighing heavy upon him and he's thinking, you know what, dreams got me in this mess to begin with so to safeguard my life, I don't think we'll just talk about any of that anymore. Nevertheless, upon hearing that the butler and the baker had dreamed, Joseph assures them, thank God he did this, he said interpretations, he said belong not to me, but they belong unto God. That brings me to another little... Check mark on our list tonight. Be careful whose interpretation of your dream you subscribe to. Because not every interpreter is led by God. Some will render you interpretations, but they could be the farthest thing from what it all means. seen people call others to the ministry because they had an interpretation for somebody it was the farthest thing from what god had planned for that person's life amen and so you got to be careful what 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 interpretations you are subscribing to interpretations belong to the Lord. And Joseph, no doubt he's here and he's assuring them. Amen. He's assuring them that interpretations belong to the Lord. And this this is just McGee, all right. But I believe while he's assuring them that interpretations belong to the Lord, I think in saying that he's even assuring himself. See, how many times have you told somebody something that you needed to hear yourself? Oh, I couldn't tell you the thousands of times while I preached. I preached sermons that I needed to hear myself. Or I said a word of encouragement out here that I needed to hear myself. He's assuring them interpretations belong to the Lord. Perhaps he's in the same time assuring himself because I had dreams back when there was some interpretation that took place, but there's some things that just haven't unfolded so quite clearly. So the Bible tells us when we get over in like chapters 41 and 42 that Joseph is made second command over Egypt. He is right next to Pharaoh. He has interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. The two dreams that Pharaoh had were one, and uh, this thing was from the Lord and that the Lord was going to do it quickly. And whenever Joseph is put in that place of second command, he's going to be riding a chariot. He's going to be paraded through the nation of Israel. And the Bible says that all Egypt was made to bow before Joseph. Now that's great, but that don't correspond with the dream. We got people bowing here, but see, this isn't the brothers. This isn't dad. This isn't mom. This is the whole nation of Israel. So that's great. But this isn't corresponding to the earlier dreams. But when we get to Genesis 42 and around like verse number 6, we read of Joseph being the governor over the land. So let me, in, I'm careful here now. Let me interpret for you. Joseph is made governor over the land. His sheaf has arose and is standing up straight. That corresponds to his dream. Joseph's brothers have now come to Egypt, they have bowed themselves before him, the Bible says with their faces to the earth their sheaves are making obeisance or bowing to his sheaf." and we think man, first dream fulfilled, but look at it, watch it real quickly though, not quite yet because Benjamin's lacking at this moment of time, we got 10 stars, not 11 here, alright 11th star will happen in Genesis 43 with all 11 being there and that That taking place. However, just that occurrence of 10 out of the 11 brothers bowing before him did something to Joseph. The Bible says in just a few verses after that, it was enough to cause Joseph, look what happens, to remember the dreams that he dreamed of them. That dream that had flown away. That dream that was seemingly couldn't be found now came back to his mind. It came back to his memory. And so something that we should take confidence in today is this. And I, I, this is, again, just one of those things of Scripture that intrigues me, and that is the very ones that hated the dreamer, his brothers, the very ones that wanted to kill the dreamer, now have unintentionally brought the dream back to life for Joseph. Now that is just a, that is one of those wow God things. The ones that want to annihilate it resuscitated it back to life. Amen. And so here they are. He's been solely recognized as an interpreter, but now the dreamer has resurfaced in him. Amen. He's remembering. Amen. Joseph's dream, this, this is evident. Joseph's dream didn't get him out of prison. All right. Interpreting did. Joseph's dream concerning. You know, uh, interpreting the dream of Pharaoh is what got him second of command over Egypt, not per se his dream. And this is what I get at. Another little bullet point for us to remember. And I'm, I'm coming to a close very quickly and see it's only 805. And you've heard me make this statement before, but I think it bears reiterating here this evening. One of the grand marvels of Joseph's story, and can be of even our own story, is this. That Joseph's dreams, and this, this, is, this, is, this is not my thought. This, this thought has been around for years uh, throughout ministry and churches. Joseph's dreams were fulfilled as he interpreted and facilitated the dreams of those around While he was playing the role of interpreting this dream and that dream, each time he did, a portion of his own dream came into fulfillment. And so though the principle may seem that one dreams and then another interprets, listen to me very clearly, there is a way, so to speak, that you can interpret your own dreams, and that's by helping other people with their dreams that are around you. Now, I say all that to say this. When I see that, and I was coming to a stopping place today, and I seen that around 530 this afternoon, I thought to myself, Bishop, if that isn't a glorious picture of the body of Christ, then I don't know what is. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 16, from whom, speaking of Christ, the whole body fitly joined Together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Let me boil it down to this. When I help you with what you've been purposed for, those dreams and aspirations that you've been purposed for my own purposes and dreams and aspirations come into play and into view. Because when I supply you what you need, there's a boomerang effect. There's fulfillment that takes place in my life by helping you fulfill what's in your life. Amen. Stand with me here this evening. (laughs) Thank the Lord So has anybody got a dream tonight They'd like to share No I'm just joking (laughs) Anybody got a dream They'd like to share Now that could get real crazy real quick I don't I'm not sure I want to know all of those Okay Glory amen (laughs) I've never been in some of y'all's heads But I've been in mine (laughs) Hallelujah Joseph dreamer and interpreter can we bow our heads in this place here this evening can we just begin to talk to the lord tonight if there's things that god has laden on your heart or your mind dreams and aspirations whether they be figurative or whether they be literal that you feel like they have some type of true significance for your life maybe some things there that you just don't really understand parts of them you do other parts you don't and and you just, you know, other people have spoken to your life what this could be or that could be. And you really don't know what to subscribe to or what path to follow or what your next step is. I'm telling you today, interpretations belonging to the Lord. Yes, God uses people and you need to be sensitive to those that are being used of God to help you on your path. But if you want to somehow walk where God wants you to walk, then do what you know. Do exactly what you know and what you understand and help others around, there, around you in their paths and in their walks. And by doing so, you'll see the unfolding of your own. Don't stop dreaming. Don't stop, telling, don't stop telling the stories of what you felt like God has for your life. Don't stop telling the stories of what you feel like God is directing and where God's going to take you. Can I tell you tonight, collectively as a church, you don't need to stop telling the stories of where you think God is taking this church. You don't need to stop telling the dreams of what, and aspirations of what you think God is going to do with the first apostolic church at 1121 Cedar Street. You don't need to quit being quit being a dreamer. Honey, if we all quit dreaming, we'll just be interpreters because because we'll, we'll, we'll just be interpreters of other people's dreams. But I want somebody to rise here and say, you know what, I want to recall what God spoke on such and such date at such and such time. And he said this was, and I don't know how all of that is going to be played out, and I don't know how all that's going to come to pass, but there's some portions of that I do understand, and I'm going to walk in the knowledge of it, and I'm going to walk in the knowledge of it. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.